Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easton's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below. And let's get straight into What's the story everyone? Welcome back to GA Fan TV. I hope you're all keeping wonderfully well. This is another edition of the GA Fan TV podcast and today I spoke with Limerick senior hurler Dan Morrissey. Three-time All-Ireland winner of course, three-time Munster Championship winner and two-time National League winner as well. We spoke all about those achievements over the past couple of years. The, I suppose, rise of Limerick hurling in the past couple of seasons. Obviously winning their first All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship in 45 years back in 2018. We spoke all about the journey up to winning that All-Ireland. We spoke about the years previous up to that, 2016, 2017, 2015, when Limerick were, I suppose, nowhere near the same heights as what they reached in 2018. We spoke about the influence of John Coyley, the influence of Paul Connerk coming into the side as well. Some of the things they've changed, of course, on the outside and on the inside in Limerick Hurling. We also spoke as well about this season's All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship, the final against Cork, the massive turnaround against Tipperary in the Munster final. We spoke about last year as well, you know, playing winter hurling, the differences between winning an All-Ireland in an empty stadium and winning an All-Ireland in front of a packed crowd. So we spoke about all with Limerick Senior Hurler Dan Morrissey. We also touched on the Limerick Senior Hurling Championship as well and also some of your questions over on Instagram. So there will be more podcasts released now over the next couple of weeks, a lot more player interviews and whatnot, with the fact that the Intercounty Championship is obviously finished up. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more club videos as well. My name is Aaron, and let's get straight into it. Okay, so welcome back to another edition of the GA Fan TV podcast. I'm delighted to be joined here by Limerick and a Hain senior hurler, Dan Morrissey. Dan, what's the crack with yourself? How are you keeping? Uh, not too bad. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Uh, great to join the podcast. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, how's things been anyway? Since um, obviously the All Ireland win last, you know, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, have celebrations piped down yet, or is there still a buzz? I suppose amongst uh, amongst Limerick people and in the city. Uh, yeah, there's still a good bit of a buzz around. Um, yeah, we had a nice few days of celebrating afterwards. You could probably. Do a bit more compared to compared to the final last December when it was kind of in the height of restrictions, um. But then yeah, lads were kind of back with their clubs by the following weekend, so it's kind of been club action now for the last five or six weeks, um. So that kind of finish up. I think the county finals penciled in for two weeks' time, um. So we'll probably be able to enjoy ourselves then a bit more and put the feet up uh, towards the end of this month, um. But yeah, no. It was a great feeling. Uh, there's still a great buzz around the county when you when you bump into supporters. Um, they're all still talking about the hurling, so it's it's great in that sense. Yeah, I suppose it must have nearly meant more in many ways with the fact that I suppose you couldn't celebrate last year. So I suppose it probably meant more winning it this year again, just so it was almost like celebrating two All-Irelands you kind of got. Because I suppose for a lot of counties, and you've seen in other sports last year as well, where certain teams, clubs and, and other sports couldn't celebrate their success. So at least you kind of got that moment by winning the All-Ireland again this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, look, it was a great feeling last December, don't get me wrong, like in the dressing room after the game, we still had some crack. Um, but then we I remember we got the train back to Limerick and I think we might have arrived into Limerick around midnight and then it was literally everyone going back to their own houses because 
obviously I think there was no hotels or no banquet, uh, nothing like that open at that time. Whereas at least this time around, it was a bit more open. Um, obviously with Tyrone and the football, they probably had a bit more open in terms of they were able to have their own homecoming and a proper banquet. But obviously down here, the restrictions were that bit tighter. But at the same time, we still we still did have a good few days together as a team, which which uh, kind of makes it all worthwhile, all the training, uh, everything you've put in for the for the past uh, eight or nine months or so. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and I suppose definitely like fascinated to I suppose know more about sort of the the journey that he's have been on over the past couple of years, in particular with Limerick, because definitely haven't seen what he's have achieved over in the past four years, especially since John Coyley and, and Paul Connerk has come in. Obviously, three All Irelands couple of Munster titles in there, a couple of National League titles as well. Like, do you ever get a chance to reflect and kind of soak it in and, and sort of look back on, on what you've achieved over the past couple of years? Yeah, it has been a fairly crazy few years in terms of the silverware that's been won. Um, so it's coming from a county like Limerick. We're not used to, to winning probably as much as we have in the last three or four years. Um, so when you do sit back and, and look back at it, it is great, but but look, we, we want to kind of win as much as we can while we're still playing. So I think the time really to look back is, is when you're finished and you're retired. That's when you can really look back at all the games and all the medals you've won. But while you're still playing, you always want, you're always looking at the next one uh, and winning the next one. But, but yeah, as you say, if you told people at the start of 2018 that, that we'd have three All-Irelands and uh, three monsters and a couple of national leagues uh, not much people would have believed you so to have won that amount in the last few years is 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 just unreal absolutely like and I suppose just looking back I suppose at some of the 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 main differences really like what do you think were some of the main differences when you came into the into the panel originally compared with I suppose now like nowadays yeah it's hard to put a finger on like one exact thing like obviously there was a good crop of, of of players coming through. There was two All Ireland under twenty one winning teams there. Um, there was a couple of good minors. The, the academy had obviously been going well for the for the previous few years. Um, and then obviously look, John Kiley and yeah, put in a great team around him. Um, in terms of the, the backroom team, is so big there, and it's it's second to none really. So. Um, yeah, uh, I suppose a mixture of all that, a mixture of having a great background team in place and, and a lot of good players coming through at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose like for you're seeing with a lot of counties even this year who kind of had a lot of underage success. And I suppose maybe you're wondering, can they kind of kick on from there as well, kind of in a, in a similar fashion to what you have done? Like, I suppose in 14, like 2014 and 2015, like when you were kind of just coming into the panel, um, like we always kind of aware of the work being done in the in the background and that the potential was there because I suppose at that kind of moment in time obviously the the Limerick senior hurlers obviously weren't at the current level that they're at today or even the the level they got and got they got to in twenty eighteen so we always kind of aware that the potential was there or did you always believe that there was something coming up from beneath? Yeah, I think in Limerick you you always nearly believe even when when teams weren't going great. Uh, there was a, there was always hope, I suppose, that that you would win a monster and not Ireland titles. But yeah, I suppose 20, kind of 15, 16, or uh, even 17, we got knocked out very early as well. Um, and yeah, probably at the time you you would have known that the, there was a great setup there in the academy and there was good players coming through. But but that doesn't always turn into senior success. Like with with Limerick, they won three under 21s at the turn of the century and they never really won a Munster or senior um, All-Ireland after that. 
Um, so just because you have a great setup doesn't always transpire to senior success. So, um, yeah, we were lucky enough. It, it kind of has over the last number of years. Absolutely, yeah. Like and, and like what you said there. Like I suppose in in twenty seventeen, like when when John Coyley and, and Paul Kinnear come in. Like, do you remember even like I suppose like kind of the the first conversation they they had with yourselves or or even kind of like what the the message was when they came in? Because I suppose you know obviously in the in the previous years, I suppose things hadn't been going too well for yourselves. And obviously since then, from twenty seventeen onwards or from twenty eighteen onwards, I suppose you've really kind of kicked on from there. Yeah, look, um, look. They obviously it was obviously a completely new management team, so you just had to try and impress from the outset again. They brought in a lot of the, the under twenty one winning side from from the year before, so they kind of reinvigorated the squad that way. Um, and then it, it was just kind of step by step, like throughout twenty seventeen, we probably took a bit uh, of get going. We had an average enough league and an average enough championship that year, and then it wasn't. It was really twenty eighteen. Uh, during the league when we really started to notice the progress that we had made and uh, we were still in 1B of the league that year um, but I remember even the few games we were playing we were putting up big scores and good performances and and then our final game of the league was against Galway to see who got promoted and we put in a great uh, second half performance up in Salt Hill to beat them and that was probably the day then you, you were thinking we're, we're good enough to compete at, at the very top and and thankfully, we kind of kept that form throughout the summer then leading into championship. Yeah, like, and I suppose from seeing a lot of John Coyley's interviews and even seeing that um, documentary as well, where he was speaking on the bus to the team at the at the end of the game in, in 2018, like, he kind of seems like a very good man manager or someone, you know, you can have a, a proper conversation with or, or speak with. Like, he probably doesn't seem maybe like the kind of, maybe like the old school traditional managers that were kind of back in the day. Yeah, look, he has John has a great way about him. Um, he knows the players inside out. At this stage, he would have had a uh, a lot of them at at say under twenty one level, and um, at he was a selector back in twenty thirteen with the seniors as well. So, um, yeah, and look, the, I suppose one of the main things then is surrounding surrounding yourself with, with good people, and and we we have that in abundance in in our backroom team. Mm, absolutely, like and. What do you even think it was then even kind of that, I suppose, like collectively even changed for yourselves kind of between 2017 and 2018? Like, do you think it was something maybe from the from the outside or, or something like that that you were speaking about or, or anything to kind of that effect? Or do you think maybe it was just the like tactics or, or what do you what do you kind of think the focus was? Yeah, it's very, it's very hard to put it down to one one exact thing. Like a lot of it just comes down to even confidence um, mm. that winning games gives to. Like when you when you win when you put a couple of wins together, even if it's only in the league, it does give you that bit of confidence, and you kind of start to realise that that you're able to compete at the top level. And that's kind of what it was in 2018. I think we won the the Munster League, the preseason competition in January, um, and and even those couple of games. And I know in those games, like teams are trying new players out and they're not full strength teams, but still winning games does give you that bit of confidence. And we kind of brought that into the league and, and then, and the way the structure was that year, there was a small gap between kind of league and championship. And once championship started, it was nearly week on week, which I think kind of suited our, suited our team that year. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just a crazy year, 2018 really. Mm, absolutely. I was going to even say as well, you kind of touched on it there, even the round Robin, like, do you think that even kind of, helped you as a good bit as well because you had more games, more game time, I suppose more game games under the management. And obviously 
you know, you could learn more, play play more players, try different things out. So do you think the round robin even kind of played a factor into, into that 2018 success as well? Yeah, I probably did. I I love that round robin series. For I know it only lasted obviously two years with, with COVID, but hopefully it's uh, restored again next year. Um, I know it, it is a lot of games where players want games. The, the last thing you want is, is just to have weeks and weeks of training with no games to look forward to. And I remember the old GA calendar, even say even 2017, you could have up to eight, nine week gaps sometimes between your last league game and your first championship game. I know you'd go back to the clubs for a couple of those weeks, but um, it was it was just way too long a break. So I think that new structure that they brought in in, in 2018 was a, was a brilliant structure. Um, and I think the way it is going to be next year, with maybe the, the county all first league leading runners right into championship and then go back to the clubs for the second half of the year is uh, is definitely the way forward. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, and it'll be interesting to see, all right, what kind of changes they make, I suppose, going into going into 2021. I suppose, like, bringing it back to 2018 a little bit, like, obviously, when you, when you kind of beat Kilkenny and got that win over Cork, obviously, coming from behind and, and Crow Park and, and then winning, getting a couple of goals and in extra time, like, was that kind of the, when the belief really started to come that you believed that you could actually go and, and beat Galway and, and win the All-Ireland? Because I suppose up until then, Although, like, you were building a bit of momentum, and, and clearly, I'm sure you've had belief amongst yourselves. But from an outside point of view, I think a lot of people were probably still looking at the usuals, like the likes of your Clares, your Galways, your Corks, example, or you know, Tipperary, for example. So, was that really kind of the, the turning point at the moment where you believed you could kick on and, and win it from there? Yeah, that Kilkenny game in the quarterfinal, yeah, probably was like our Munster campaign was decent, but I suppose it finished on a big disappointment losing to Clare below on Ennis. Um, and then we kind of had to regroup. I remember we played Carlo in a preliminary quarterfinal. And then, yeah, coming up against Kilkenny, I forget how many years it was since Limerick had beaten Kilkenny last in championship, but it was a good few years. So definitely getting over the line. And I suppose the manner in which we did it, we, we conceded a late goal and we kind of still went up the field and, and knocked over a few points to, to take the lead back again. Um, definitely gave us huge confidence then going into the Cork game looking up at the clock with whatever it was maybe seven or eight minutes to go and I think we could have been seven or eight points down uh, it probably wasn't looking good for us but I think definitely the manner in which we turned it around in the last 10 minutes of that game uh, gave us huge confidence going into the final and I remember at the time Galway were probably still favourites going into that final like they had won it the year before Um but we had, after the Kilkenny and the Cork game, we were very, very high in confidence. And thankfully, things went went our way then on the day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I still remember that Nicky Quay save as well in the in the semi-finals. Um, like, quite incredible stuff, really, to, to go and, and turn it around. I suppose Paul Connerk, like, I wanted to ask you kind of on what he's been like and, and his addition, because obviously he's certainly a person that a lot of people obviously speak about um i suppose with a lot of his different tactical changes and, and innovations in the game and whatnot like what's it been like i suppose having him alongside john coyley as well i suppose to to speak about you like in in games a half time in games and the water breaks and whatnot yeah i know paul is super look his success speaks for himself uh the success he had with claire 21s and seniors and then coming to us as well um yeah, he's just uh, he's he's just a really good coach. Know, knows everything inside out, and and yeah, the training sessions, everything is laid out for us when we come to train, and we know exactly what's expected of us. And and yeah, look, he is he is a great head player too, and 
and yeah it's definitely reflected on the way we play on the field then absolutely yeah like and i suppose that final against galway like what was it like just stepping out onto the pitch obviously knowing it's been i suppose 45 years since limerick last and won in all ireland and you're coming up against the a Galway side that has the likes of Joe Cannon in there and, and, and so many top-class players. They'd obviously ended a drought a year previous when they beat Waterford in the, in the 2017 final. So what was it like, I suppose, stepping out onto the pitch against that Galway team, yeah. knowing that it was, you know, all on the line, I suppose? Yeah, uh, the hype leading up to the game was was pretty unreal. Like, the, well, I think it was maybe a two or three week. It was a three-week lead-up for us. I think Galway had a two-week lead-up because their semi had went to a replay. Um, but yeah, you could really sense confidence, uh, not not even confidence, but just all of Limerick looking forward to the game. Um, as was as 2007, the last final, um, Limerick were in, so it, it was a bit of a gap. And obviously, yeah, 45 years since they had won it previously. So, um, yeah, look, you you try and and block out all the outside noise leading up to a big game because you, you don't want to overthink it or, or or get too nervous about it. Um. I think we did that well leading up to the game. We we kind of focused on ourselves and and tried to block out all the supporters and their quest for tickets and the usual things. But, but yeah, once you step out onto that field and on the day, the roar from the crowd looking up to Hill 16 and uh, it was just it was just unreal. And thankfully we didn't let the occasion get to us and and we managed to perform well and we got off to a good start and kind of kept that throughout. Did you surprise yourselves even in, in many ways when you kind of went, I suppose, so far in front going down the, the home stretch? Or was it more just tunnel vision? You just kept going, kept chipping away, and you know, didn't think about the lead or, or didn't kind of focus on the last kind of 10 to 15 minutes or so? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, I suppose it's always a matter of looking at the next ball, no matter if you're five points up or five points down, it's always the next play and, and the next ball that, that you're focused on. Um. So yeah, look, we'd obviously built up a, a bit of a lead going into injury time, and then what was there nine nine minutes of injury time because of all the injuries, um, and thankfully we we did hold on in the end. But as you know, hurling games can change so quickly, and and we were probably lucky we were lucky to hold on at at the end. But uh, yeah, uh, we got off to I wouldn't say a brilliant start because there was a lot of wides if I remember at the at the start of that game from both teams. Um, but look, we got a goal just before half time and. We were in a, a fairly good position for most of the second half and, and thankfully we just about held on in the end. Yeah, I'd imagine the the buzz and the and the emotions were certainly running high. Like describe the feeling, even what it was like, even when that kind of final whistle blows. I know it's probably hard to describe because I you know not many people have experienced that, but what was it what was it like? Uh, yeah, like when to find especially that uh, that game and the fact that it was won in really the last puck of the game and there was only a point in it. Uh, it's just relief more than anything um, and yeah then I suppose those couple of hours on the pitch and in the dressing room after the game are just things you'll never forget for the rest of your life um, doing the lap of honour getting the getting to see some of your family there on the side of the field um, and then back into the dressing room with all the lads you've you've trained for for the last number of months and years even uh, and knowing this is this is something you really you've trained all your life for and Grown up as a kid, that's always where you would have wanted to be in Crow Park and All Ireland final day representing your county. So to be able to do that and, and achieve it is uh, is just an unreal feeling, and it probably it probably takes a while to sink in. It doesn't quite sink in on the day, um, 
but um yeah it's such good memories i suppose when when you do look back at it no yeah like in incredible scenes no doubt about it like i remember watching on the on the television myself and, and even here in, in dublin where i'm based like you could see all the the limerick supporters and the flags everywhere and and everything like it was definitely uh i suppose a monumentous uh, occasion no doubt about it for for limerick supporters players and, and management like did that all ireland victory do you think mean more than the the other two that, that followed in terms of it being the the first in 45 years and i suppose given the fact that you could celebrate it properly as well yeah look the first is always very very special um yeah in in terms of then promoting hurling and limerick like bringing the cup around to every single school and, and club uh like every club wanted their own homecoming uh, so it was literally homecomings every every day of the week between september and christmas that year um and then people going to school schools during the day with the cup as well so it was it, it was great um it definitely led to more kids playing hurling and limerick um Look, obviously, the last two years have been unreal as well. Okay, when you don't have the crowd, um, probably the celebrations uh, aren't, aren't as, as big. Um, and every All-Ireland, you have to appreciate. But yeah, that first one is always probably that bit more special. Yeah, and imagine then the the Munster final against Tipperary, I suppose, uh, a year later, obviously, a, a huge uh, victory for yourselves as well. I suppose a lot of people kind of were looking at Tipperary to... I suppose get over the line given the fact that they beat us in the the round robin game a, a few weeks previous and, and won every game in, in the Munster Championship up, up until that point. So I suppose to beat them as convincingly as you did, um, you know, I'd imagine that was a huge moment. Obviously winning a Munster Championship as well. I believe the county's first in, in six years. So I suppose that was a, a huge moment. I imagine as well. I was, yeah. Like I suppose, yeah. After twenty eighteen, you don't want to be thought of as as one year wonders. So. We knew we, we really wanted to back it up in, in the following year. Um, and yeah, winning Munster um, was, was a huge stepping stone in, in that for us. Because uh, as you said, yeah, it was six years since Limerick had won a, a Munster title before that. I suppose the manner in which we had done we did it, uh, winning by so much in the end was, uh, was just a great day. Look, obviously then the, the All-Ireland semi-final didn't go our way that year. Um, but look, a monster, a monster. Your first monster title is always a medal to be to be cherished, and obviously we've had we've had a couple of more since then again. So, um, yeah, no, that was a, a super day as well. Mm. Did that Kilkenny loss even sort of motivate you a little bit more than going into twenty twenty and, and even twenty twenty one? Because I think a lot of people sort of draw comparisons maybe when the Dubs got beat by Donegal and and twenty fourteen regrouped from there, made just a couple of small changes, and kind of went on from there. Like, would you kind of look at it, I suppose, as in that Kilkenny loss really kind of fueled the fire for yourselves going into the 2020 league and, and All-Ireland, given the fact he's won every game in, in 2020? Yeah, I probably did. Uh, it's easy to say that in hindsight as well. But yeah, it took us definitely a few, a good few weeks and months to get over that Kilkenny loss in 2019. Um, but then I suppose, yeah, when the 2020 season came around, we, we kind of drew a line under it. We, we watched the match back and, and kind of picked out the things that, that we did wrong. And, and that was kind of the end of it then. We said, you, look, you can't change the past. You just have to uh, focus on the present and the future. So, um, look, we obviously had a very impressive season in 2020. We we went very well in the league. And then there was obviously the huge break with COVID. But thankfully, when, when things resumed last September, October, we kind of picked up where we had left off. And... Uh, we obviously we we finished the championship very strongly. So, yeah, looking back, um, 
yeah, that Kilkenny game, like we were obviously very disappointed to lose it. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe it has uh, motivated us the last couple of years. And like, what? How did you find even playing Winter Hurling as well last year and in twenty twenty? Like, it was definitely, I suppose, a different year for everyone. Really, you know, from from all countries, not just from Ireland. But I suppose you had water breaks in there. You'd, um, you know, obviously winning the All Ireland in an empty stadium. You had no fans and no supporters. Um, the extended panel wasn't even allowed to to go to most of the games until the final. So, like, what was that whole experience like? It must have been, I suppose, brilliant winning the All Ireland, but it must have felt a little strange as well, especially with it being so close to Christmas. Yeah, it uh, definitely was strange. Like driving to matches in your in your own car, um, arriving up to Crow Park and All Ireland final day, and, and nobody, no supporters, and nobody around. Um, yeah, like there was definitely a lot of things getting used to, uh, even in terms of getting tugged out in a lot of stadiums, not being allowed to use dressing rooms. Um, yeah, I suppose looking back at it, it, it's crazy, and hopefully we won't have to have to see anything like that again. Um, but look, it was still just a, spe- a special win winning the All Ireland that year. Like still, the it was in Crow Park. We were allowed to use the dressing rooms, and and. And that crack we we kind of had amongst ourselves uh, after after the final against Waterford that year uh, was still as special as as any as any other year. Um, but yeah, I think in in a in ten or twenty years time, when when you look back on on that championship, it, it'll definitely be one that kind of stands out. Um, and hopefully, there won't be another All Ireland with with no crowd there at all. Yeah, absolutely. And and looking at this year, I mean, I suppose in the league, obviously. It was fairly fairly competitive, and and obviously you had some supporters coming back, you had some fans coming back, and I suppose you had the likes of Galway and, and Tipperary who were going well. You were always, I suppose, there in, in the background of most people's eyes as the favourites. And I suppose looking at that Tipperary game, they were obviously ten points up a, a half time, looking like they were they were going to go and I suppose win the the Munster championship. And obviously you came roaring back. You had that Call Hayes goal as well. I mean, like that must have been like some experience, I suppose, to be on the pitch. Uh, when you when he did turn things around, I think he came on at half time as well. If I'm if I'm not, if I'm, I might be I might be correct yeah. on that. Yeah. So I mean, I'd yeah. say that was a a big moment. Uh, it was yeah. Look, it was it was probably the first day back. There was a decent enough crowd there. I think there could have been seven or eight thousand uh, allowed allowed in that day, and it was the middle of a heat wave as well. So it was real summer championship atmosphere. Um. So yeah, I came on. I think it was just five minutes before half time, all right. Um, and yeah, the way that I remember going into the dressing room at half time, and naturally enough, heads would be a bit down, but there was still a, there was still belief there that we could come back, and that's kind of what we did when we went out in the second half. Just took it point by point, and slowly we got back into the game. And and by the water break in the second half, I think we were we were a point or two up. Um, but definitely, yeah, that's if you were to pick out one game over the last three or four years that that really stands out, um, it would probably be the Munster final this year. Just uh, yeah, that second half performance was uh, was was just incredible and a great feeling when the final whistle blew. Yeah, like and like, do you even think that was the the turning point? I suppose in in that season, like or, or this year in particular. I suppose, like, because sometimes maybe you need that moment or that kind of scare or, or something kind of just to, I suppose, fuel the fire just to get you back up and, and ready. Do you think that was kind of a, a big turning point then, I suppose, going on then to the semi-finals and final? Yeah, it probably was. Like, the league, I suppose we were slow enough uh, getting started in the league. It took us, it was the fourth game, but then we got our first win. Um, and then even first round of the championship against Cork, we, we, look, we, we did enough to get over the line, but 
we were far from our best that day. Um, so yeah, if we had lost the Munster final that day, who knows where our season would have went. Um, but thankfully, we, we just managed to turn around and we, we really did kick on from there. I thought our, our semi-final and final were, were great performances. So yeah, hurling, it, it can be such a strange game and can be such small margins. Like if, yeah, if that day in Parky Cueve had, had went, uh, if it was maybe if Tip had plugged on another point or two, it could have been a completely different season for us. But, but thankfully, we managed to, to turn it around. And just looking at that All Ireland final uh, against Cork, obviously uh, an incredible performance, like three eighteen in, in the first half, obviously, and I mean one of the best first half performances I've ever seen, anyways, in, in senior hurling, no doubt about it. Like, like it looked hugely enjoyable as well. That was that's what I was going to ask you because he even had when Declan Hannon was getting substituted, he was smiling and looked like he was laughing. I mean, it, it just looked it looked like he were just having so much fun out there. Like, uh, I mean, like I'd say that was another another great moment. Anyways, it was. Look, look the way Harlan is. You can never really, really enjoy it till the final whistle blows. But, but maybe, yeah, maybe the the last five or ten minutes of that game, we we might have known. It. Look, it would have been a, a big stretch for Cork to have came back at that stage. So you could kind of enjoy it that bit more. Um, but yeah, look, the first half was obviously uh, a great performance. The lads up front took took their chances brilliantly and really just went at it from the very start um so yeah it was it was one of those great great performances and i suppose to do it on the biggest day of the year made it that bit more special mm, and i suppose winning back to back for the first time for the for the county as well like i mean obviously never been done before for the for the limerick senior hurlers so I suppose something else to to have in the in the history books there as well and something as well to to look back on back to back monster titles as well yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, there was no real talk of back to back. It was kind of like a new season. Uh, we treated it as the start of the year, but yeah, I suppose now at the end of the year, looking back on it, um, yeah, as I said before, like after winning twenty eighteen, you didn't want to just be be known as 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 one year wonders. So it's been great to to put kind of three or four good years um in a row together. Absolutely, and I suppose before we finish up, I just I put out a poll on Instagram, and there was just a few few quick questions over there like who would have been your favorite hurler growing up um yeah i suppose um in the 2000s when i probably would have really started going to games you would have had the great kilkenny team so there was so much great players in that team but the one that i really did stick out was uh jj delaney and tommy walsh maybe a, a close second and then there's probably dan shannon there from waterford as well who i always was a big follower of as well mm. And I suppose just looking at the the Limerick Senior Hurling Championship, there was just a I suppose just a, a message on that. Like who would be your pick? I suppose in the in the semi-finals from there, and couldn't the Pearshick maybe go on and, and win the All Ireland this year? Yeah, look, the four serious clubs now in the semi-finals. It's nearly been the four same teams for the last few years. Um, yeah, you probably have to put the Pearshick maybe a slight favourites, but I'm sure the other three clubs will will have a big say. But whoever does come out of Limerick, I'm sure will. We'll give the Munster and All Ireland a, a very good crack. Absolutely, yeah. Like it is, it is fairly competitive, all right. And and certainly the sides who normally come through Munster are always there, thereabouts, anyways. In the in the All Ireland series, would you have any advice for for young hurlers or anything like that, or anyone kind of coming through the the ranks at the moment? Yeah, I think it's just practice, practice, practice. Uh, I know it's a, a bit of a cliche at this stage, but I think when you're when you're young and growing up, you can you can never practice enough. Any nice evening, get down to the pitch, puck against the wall, um, 
suppose that's what I would have loved when I was uh, when I was young, getting down to the pitch as much as much as I could, and that's what I'd say to any young hurler there today. Perfect, Dan. Well, I appreciate your time. Anyways, appreciate you jumping on. Really appreciate it. No bother at all. Thanks for having me.